All right, now we have onto the stage Hannah Nawi from RTI International Malaysia, and she's going to talk about innovation practice lead. And she's worked with uh, Ministry of Science, which is called MOSTI before, and she's played an active role in the drafting and development of Malaysia's national biotechnology policy. And her industry experience includes Malaysia Biotechnology Corp as well as AJ Pharma Holding. So, ladies and gentlemen, Hannah. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Kayen. And yes, it's been a long time since we've met. Um, thank you, everyone, for being here today, and of course, to UM for inviting me here. Okay, so what I'll be talking about really is innovation-led economic growth. But the first question is, who is RTI? RTI is an independent um, research institute dedicated to improving the human condition. So that's our tagline and that's what we aim to do. We're based in North Carolina. We have more than 5,000 employees worldwide. We have offices in nearly every sector of the globe. Um, and the latest addition would be the office here in Kuala Lumpur. So in Malaysia itself, we're about almost a year old. Um, to give you a sense of the size of the organization, we, last year we worked on more than, you know, almost 4,000 projects, looking at everything from R&D, technical services, advisory services, etc. And typically we work with governments um, as well as academic and private sector clients. Really what I wanted to show you on this slide is that in the 1950s North Carolina was considered the second poorest state in the US and it was about this time that RTI was formed and really what they wanted to do was to provide a space for researchers who were graduating from these three key universities to continue their research work and move into commercialization. If you fast forward to today, RTI looks very different. The whole, the whole research triangle park looks very different. And as a state, it's now ranked as one of the top states for business in the US. It's become one of the top 10 most livable cities. So you can see that innovation and commercialization not only drives e environments and economies, but it helps build entire states. And you know, it's a great place to live now. And some of our clients include some of the big multinationals we've got GSK, IBM, um, we work in so many different sectors and this is really something that took time to develop, but the results are, you know, they speak for themselves. So how do we view innovation at RTI? Innovation talks about technology, it talks about creating something new, but that's not the only element that you need to consider. I mean, I'm looking at a room full of students who are going to be those researchers coming up with new products, new ideas, driving innovations to industry. And it's not just about that. You need to consider what we've identified as eight different steps. So technology, of course, is important, but fostering that effective entrepreneurship programs is equally important. We need to get more interaction between research and innovation and industry. Um, and when you have all these eight key elements working together in, in alignment, that's when you get those innovation outputs that you want. You get the economic growth and you get the societal benefits. Summarizing that last slide in, in a slightly more uh, succinct diagram, this is RTI's framework for innovation-led economic growth. Again, just to give you a size of, of what we've done, I mean, we, we've looked at more than 20,000 technologies worldwide. We've helped launch more than 100 products. But we really are practitioners ourselves. We like to say this, we're not just consultants. We do 
do our own research, we commercialize our own research, um, we commercialize for clients, and globally we've worked with various governments in different countries to develop that innovative ecosystem. So again, just quickly giving you an overview of innovation and why innovation alone is not enough. So let's look at some case studies. So this is a success, okay? Um, some of you may have heard of the product Taxol. Uh, so Taxol is a cancer therapy uh, drug. So this product was actually developed at RTI. So that, that was something that we actively researched and developed. And we licensed to um, a big pharma to then commercialize. So the product was firstly technologically sound. So it met that technical success criteria. When we put that into manufacturing, we found that it was a success there too. So we were able to manufacture at, at um, big scale and able to keep the cost relatively um, conservative. And so it met that. So it's now met two criteria. It was also considered a market success because there was a definite demand for a new therapy in that space at that time. So by meeting these three areas, Taxol now is worth more than three billion a year in revenue. So this is an amazing um, success story that we like to speak about. I can show you more examples of successes and the, and the key elements that they all share is that they all met technical success, manufacturing success, and then market success. So these three elements are very important. So success stories are always good, but I think failures are more interesting. So something that we developed at RTI that was unsuccessful was this, um, it's a new light bulb. So you know, you have light bulbs at home and we all look at trying to have energy saving products now to moving towards green technology. So this light bulb used the same amount of energy but produced 20% more light. It won a number of awards, you know, for being scientifically considered just uh, revolutionary. And from a technical perspective, it was amazing. When we tried to manufacture this product on a mass scale, we found that we couldn't meet the volumes, nor could we meet uh, a decent price point. So the product failed at the second step. It never made it to market because we couldn't manufacture it. So another example is um, this also developed to RTI. It was a seizure alert platform. So this tool is used um, for patients who have epilepsy, for example, or, or other ailments that result in seizures. So it's something very simple, it's worn on the individual and it detects biological responses within the individual and, uh, and sends an alert system to the caregiver or the parent, in, in whatever case it may be, to alert them that that individual is now having a seizure. Technically it was very, very simple, it was very effective. There was a high detection rate um, with very, very few false alarms. So technically successful. We put it into manufacturing. Again, it's a simple, it's a simple tool, so it was easily manufactured at a cost-effective rate. So it met two success points that we need. But when we took it to market, no one wanted it. And why? Why did no one want it? Perhaps it was uh, the design of having to wear this all day, all night, that wasn't attractive. We don't know. But when it got to the market, we didn't sell a single thing, and so it was also an unsuccessful commercialization effort from RTI. So we always say innovation is not enough. You need to consider all the different elements that come into play when you talk about bringing a product from bench to the market. A lot of us have heard this term before. You have technology push and market pull. So these are the two forces that come into play when you talk about innovation and economic growth. 
And it's really that space in the middle, the conversion step from technology push to market pull that is important. So that conversion step is where the technology commercialization happens. Um, when you work in a company that is very technology focused, that, that pathway to commercial, commercialization is very clearly mapped out. But when you talk about environments like this, where you have government playing there, you have universities, you have industry, then it becomes a bit more complicated because the investment can come from different areas and you know you, you talk about IP sharing and the list goes on and on. So this is a bit more of a complex system that um, you would need to navigate in a university setting. So what we've developed at RTI, and this is really a tool that we like to use when we talk to researchers and it's a tool that we actually conduct training sessions on and we call this iCanvas methodology. So this is something I'm sure a lot of you have heard recently as well, technology readiness levels. This is the new buzzword that people use when talking about their research. So TRLs were really developed by NASA in the 70s and what it is is a type of measurement system to assess the maturity level of, of your technology that you're working on. So we've taken this and put it into a system that we feel is, is effective. So conventionally, people always look at technology. That is the center of all invention. And if your technology is good, then you've definitely got a clear path to commercialization. We don't see it like that. We look at it as an ecosystem of things. So technology plays an important role, but so does the inventor and the team. Equally important is the resources available to you to develop that further. IP is important, having a sound business strategy, and also looking at the market fit. So these six elements work around innovation and an invention and are equally important to each other. So with the iCanvas methodology, we've taken those elements and we've put them along the top row. So these are your key elements that you need to consider when you develop any product. If we move down the list, those are the technology readiness levels. So it goes from zero to nine. And why have we done this? We believe that putting it into a, a comprehensive table like this gives everyone a visual framework. So when you need to talk to your VC for funding or you need to, to talk to your professor or go out to governments, whatever it is, very quickly you can see what stage your research is at and whether it's appropriate to go at that stage or not. At the same time, you can also start planning because it, it's clearly listed out. So just to zoom in a, a bit on that, let's look at inventor team. So at technology readiness level zero, we expect that the inventors are knowledgeable in the field of invention. So that would have to be a tick, otherwise you're probably working in the wrong faculty. And as you move down the value chain of your technology moving through the different readiness levels, you find at the highest level, the team should be scale ready. So as you're embarking on this, you can already see that you need to go from zero to nine, and how do you make it through those steps? And you do that for everything. So you do that for the inventor, you do that for the technology, the resources, etc. And what you end up with is um, a table which gives you patterns. And from here you can clearly see, so using this as an example, you can see that this person has put zero thought into business strategy and market fit, because that's not been addressed at all. So if, if I wanted to take this to, to someone for funding, I would definitely need to think about how do I bring those two columns further along the value chain and further along in its readiness level. Um, if you look at development resources, 
it's clearly, you know, we've, you've started with one box, but there's still eight more boxes that need to be filled. So when you're planning your research, when you're planning your growth, using this tool, this iCanvas tool, you can really start to see what direction you should be moving in. And this is something that we really like to um, work with researchers on because it allows them to focus their thoughts and to plan things accordingly. So going back to innovation again and commercialization and, and you know what, what we're really talking about today, what are some of the common traps that people get stuck in and how we should avoid them? So as I've been saying throughout my talk, focusing exclusively on the technology. Technology definitely is what will spurn any commercialization, but there are so many factors around it that we need to consider as well. So, you know, think about the bigger picture, think about the market needs, and um, try to, to work along those lines and move your product into those channels. As I mentioned earlier, we have uh, technology push and industry pull. I mean, we shouldn't view them as two separate entities. The whole idea is commercializing within that space. And so we should work with intent, work with intent to blur those lines, whereby it's, it, it becomes a seamless transition from um, lab research through to commercialization. Another very common trap is allowing technology creation to to eclipse technology adoption. So in a, in a lot of cases, you can come up with something that's very, very good in terms of technology, and it fails in the application that you invented it for. If you were able to take a step back and look at applying that technology to something else, you could, in fact, achieve quite a successful outcome. And this happens a lot with the work that we do at RTI, where we start on a path and end up completely diverging somewhere else because we see that the original plan isn't going to work. So being able to, to sometimes take a step back and look at the work you're doing and look at whether it's actually better to move in a slightly different direction. And another common trap is that we rely too heavily on success stories. So success stories are good, but you can't copy them completely. You need to look at what you're working on, adopt best practices, but customize your work to the local environment, to the local needs. And the final trap that I think um, comes up all too often, and this is not just Malaysia, this is globally, is not investing in human capital development. Commercialization is a skill. It's not something that everyone's born with. Um, and I think until you've done it once, you really don't know the full detail of how you're going to approach something like that. But we can teach, we can work together. And you know, RTI does a lot of t uh, training programs with researchers globally. And we teach them what skills they need to adopt, what things they, they need to consider when developing any research um, protocol, looking at the bigger picture, the long-term goals, and keeping focused on that. So that, I think, for me, out of the, all the um, traps I've mentioned, human capital is probably the most important. So I don't know how long I've taken. I was asked to keep it very brief. I, I'm open for questions if anyone has any, anything they'd like further detail on. Um, if you want, you can come and see me later. If you want uh, a copy of iCanvas, for example, I can email that to you. At least you can have a bit of a picture on um, 
the, the holistic developmental pathway for any commercialization. I thought the iCanvas was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's really smart and it's such an easy tool to use that you could already immediately see where you stand. Yeah. Um, and I think when we, you have to be truthful to yourself in order to be successful and in order to move forward. All right, do we have any question? You are indeed like about three minutes early, so. Okay. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Any question that you have for Hannah, if you do have any? Or if you'd rather see me afterwards, um, I'll, be, I'll be here till the end of the session, so. Okay, so just saying, questions and ability to ask questions do take practice. So whenever <laughs> you can, you should already have the questions in your head way before because it's not gonna come to you just because we say, any question? Okay, so you're gonna have to practice that. Okay, thank you very okay, much. Okay, thank Hannah. you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate that.